0: Let me just start by greeting everybody, good evening Empower and how are you tonight? I'm also great, I'm excited and good evening to everybody joining us online, thank you so much for joining us, you are at the right place tonight because Jesus is here, His presence is here. I really want to repeat it. this morning as I left church I was so encouraged, I was so challenged, you know, sometimes you can come to church out of routine. You can come to church just because it's a, the it's a right thing to do. On a Sunday morning we get up, on a Sunday evening after the lunch that we had we come to church and mainly because it's it's really just a routine, we're used to it now. I mean, I, I got to a place where sometimes if, if I didn't come to church it didn't even feel like a Sunday. I'd feel like what day is it today? But This morning, again, I have to say, Pastor Eric challenged me and said, listen, why do you come to church? Why do you come to church? Pastor Eric, I really want to say, this morning's sermon challenged me. And I pray and I hope it challenged many just like it did me. I came this evening with a different heart and said, you know what? It's not about me. It's not about what I can do. It's not about... It's not about anything else but Jesus. It's about Jesus. Amen. It is about Jesus. Won't you say to your neighbor next to you, it is about Jesus. If you're online, won't you just type there, it is about Jesus. It is about Jesus. Allow me tonight to start and ask you a question. I like start, I like starting by asking questions because then from there I I journey just to to something, a point that we want to make and something that I believe that the Lord wants to say to us as a body of Christ, as as the church is in power. And I want to start this morning by asking you this question. To what extent are you willing to follow Jesus? To what extent are you willing to follow Jesus? Maybe I should repeat it one more time. To what extent are you willing to follow Jesus? Because you see in the Bible, as you read Scripture, you see how Jesus had a couple of guys that were truly devoted to following Him. They even said a couple of times in Scripture, they they said, these disciples said that, listen, we will even go to death with you. There's been times where Jesus had to rebuke them and say, no, man, just, you don't know what you're talking about. Get behind me, you know. But to what extent are we willing to follow Jesus? I think it's a good question. And I, I felt the Lord pose that question to me. And tonight I want us to look at a story, and I'm going to, look at, I'm going to use the story metaphorically just to, to bring up a, a point across. You see in the Bible there's a disciple that I like very much the youth know this I'm always preaching about this guy I think in my I think if ever I was a Bible character I would be this character and his name is none other than Peter all right I love Peter Peter is just an amazing guy he is awesome he is one of the people that you read about and you feel like, oh my goodness, I want to be like Peter, okay? And here's the thing about Peter is that as you read all over the New Testament, you see how he, he, he kind of stands out, stands out from the rest of the disciples, right? And we see about this, his stories of being brave and all that. But allow me to take you to a specific Scripture, and maybe before I go to that Scripture, Peter's journey started with Jesus, we read in Matthew chapter 4 verse 18 where Jesus calls Peter, Simon, and his brother Andrew and he calls them and says, hey, listen, because they were busy fishing, right? And he calls them and says, listen, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men," right? And basically what he was saying, he says, hey, listen, Peter. Hey, listen, Andrew. Come follow me, and I will make you great, okay? You're kind of like fishing for fish, small fish, and my plan for your life is actually bigger than that. My plan for you is actually for you to to be part of something that's actually bigger than yourself. Your expertise, your skill, your knowledge, your wisdom, everything will not comprehend what you are about to get exposed to. I believe in that moment, if we are about to elaborate, Peter and, and his brother Andrew, the Bible says actually when you read in four eighteen, Matthew 4.18, it says they immediately follow Jesus. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, Peter, already there, I'm seeing the bravery. I'm not even sure if that part of Scripture, if Peter heard about Jesus, if he's seen Jesus or walked with Jesus or saw Jesus somewhere. But this guy, he's leaving everything that he knows and he goes and he follows Jesus immediately. And now you can read the the, the Gospels and read about Peter, but I want to take us to a specific story, Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Very famous story, and perhaps maybe tonight might be a sermon that you've heard before. Maybe it's just a reminder, but I believe that God wants to bring us back to some way tonight with Him. So we read the story in Matthew chapter 4, uh, 14, verse 22. And I just want to read it. Maybe if we can have it up on the screens. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Very, very famous story. And as you can see, if you guys can just bring a little bit more, that's fine just a little bit back. All right, we're going to have a little bit of a visual arts tonight. Is that all right? Is that all right? Yeah. Thank you. All right, so Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. This is shortly after they've fed the 5,000 with five loaves and two fish and they, pre- they performed the biggest miracle that they've seen as yet. And Jesus says to them, go ahead of me um, I'm going to stay behind, right? So Jesus goes to the mountain and He prays the disciples. Yes, disciples, you guys can come. And the disciples, they get into the boat and they go out to sea, all right? So I had to get myself some disciples so that you guys can see visually, all right? You guys can smile, you're on camera. Okay, there you go. Awesome. Can we give them a round of applause? These are some of our youth leaders. This is Pastor Given if you need props, be there. And I was like, okay, cool, come. All right, so they're going to be aiding me tonight. So let's quickly read the story and we're going to come here for a moment. Verse 13, verse uh, 22, my apologies. So after they performed the miracle, Jesus sent them and says, go ahead. Um, Then the boat floated. Maybe let me read it. Uh, Verse 22 says, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into a boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them. Fourth watch of the night. This is not daytime. This isn't the nighttime. And 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 let's just journey together. And if you're like me and you like visuals, I think you will like tonight because we're going to have a journey in terms of what happened. We're going to imagine it. But in the fourth hour, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. It is a ghost. I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. They're very nervous. But they were screaming saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them. Maybe let me stop there for a moment. Here we read how Jesus really sent them out. The boat was in the middle of the sea. It's late at night. The guys are also tired, you can imagine, they've been ministering, you can imagine, they fed 5,000 people, and so they're really kind of tired, and they're in the middle of the sea, and they're there, and suddenly comes a ghost. I think any one of us, or what seems to be a ghost, and I think any one of us in their right mind, we would be scared, am I right? You should be scared. There's a figure that's coming towards you. You don't know what it is. And so I think that the disciples were only right to say, hey, it is a ghost. Because first and foremost, this thing is going against the laws of nature because nobody before that moment has seen anything or anyone walk on water. So they, they, they are scared. They're like, it is a ghost. It is a ghost. And now Peter is in the boat with his disciples. And Peter is, is the brave one. He's the brave one. Everybody is, 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 is in fear. They don't know what it is. They're trying to, to, to think, what could it be? What, what does it want with us? Is it gonna kill us? Is it, what, what does it want? And I think anybody in their right mind would be scared. Amen. I read the story and I thought, I'd definitely be scared in that situation. I would definitely be scared in that situation. But Jesus says, do not be afraid. It is I. Do not be afraid. And one time I preached a sermon and, and I just remember how, and, and the young people maybe might, might relate with this, but I remember how I used to go to my friend's house and they, would have, they had big dogs, very big dogs. And every time when I got there, they'd be like, no, don't be afraid, it doesn't bite. Okay? And I would look at them and say, but it has teeth. And it's big. But like, no, don't be afraid, just come in, just come in. I'm like, no ways, I'm not coming in. Come, come hold your dog. And even though it was, uh, they held their dog, I ran to the house. Because I was like, I am not getting bit today. But imagine now, this ghost starts to speak and says, do not be afraid, it is I. I would have jumped out of that boat and swam for my life. I would have jumped out of that boat. I don't know where I would have went, but I would have jumped. But it says, do not be afraid. It is I, be of good cheer, this version says. It is I, do not be afraid. And then Peter, again, oh, Peter, Peter, I love Peter. Peter then says, Lord, if it is you, command me to walk, or rather he says, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, This is Jesus. He says, Come. I stopped at this point of reading scripture and I thought to myself, Is Peter okay? Is Peter okay? Who dares Jesus to dare him to do the impossible? Peter had the desire in him to do the impossible. For him to st- to step out and say, "Jesus, if it's really you, command me to walk on the water." In other words, I'm reading between the line and Peter's saying, "Hey, listen, Jesus, if you're doing the impossible, I want to do it too." How many would like to do the impossible? I mean, come on. How many would like to walk in what Rather, let me put it this way. Jesus says in Scripture, he says the things that I am able to do, you will be able to do and even greater. Now, Peter did not even get this revelation yet. And he was already daring Jesus and saying, Jesus, if you're on the water, I want to be on the water. And we have that revelation tonight because we've got Scripture that tells us Jesus himself saying, listen, the things that I've done you'll be able to do an even greater. How much more should we take that step of faith and get out of the boat and walk to Jesus? So let me quickly do a demonstration, all right? I'm going to be up and down. Don't mind me. Camera crew, I'm so sorry. But I think I prepped you guys in advance. If you guys can work with me. So imagine Peter is in the boat. How are you guys doing? are you guys good Peter's in the boat there's a ghost coming towards them and it says be of good cheer do not be afraid it is I and tonight I'm Peter and I say Jesus if it is you command me to walk on water command me to come to you and Jesus says come Now friends, it is at this moment that my imagination starts running wild because I try to understand what goes on in the mind of Peter in that moment when he stood there and he suddenly realized what he has asked for. At that moment, I don't think Peter was like, yay, let's walk on water. I don't think he did that and I, I really don't think he did that but what I think happened is Peter was in the boat and he was standing there with his friends and they are tired and the the waves are rough the Bible says that it was contrary meaning that there, there was rough waves. okay so it's not like we stand there weren't chilling like this the way we are it was like oh, you know but anyway let me not get carried away so here's the thing I believe that Peter suddenly saw the waters Became conscious of what just happened when Jesus said, come. And he was in the boat thinking to himself, oh shucks, now I have to go. Because if I don't go, I'm going to look like an idiot. And there's Peter. I think he, he kind of took out his right foot. And, and I can see him testing the waters and asking the guys, like, listen, John, can you just hold me? I, I just want to quickly... Listen, I don't think I can do this. I can see him just trying again, putting his water, testing the water. Is it real water or is it ice? And then he just asked the other guy, Andrew, can you just hold me, my brother? I just want to see. And I can just see the other disciples in the boat thinking, Peter, what are you doing? What are you thinking? The other disciples, maybe they were even mocking him, laughing at him, thinking like, look at this brave one. Who does he think he is? And there's Peter he's trying and it's like okay I'm gonna try this guys I'm gonna go for it guys I'm gonna go for it and Peter puts his first foot on the water and again my imagination runs wild and I can see Peter saying oh yes thank you Jesus I did it I'm standing on water and Jesus is like okay now bring the other foot out and it's like okay all right okay guys can you please help me and I can see the other disciples still thinking ah, you you're gonna fail, you're gonna drown. What are you doing? You think you're Jesus, you think you're special. But I can also see some of the other disciples actually thinking to themselves, Peter, you can do it. Go for it, go for it. And I can see Peter saying, okay, just help me. And he's just holding on and he, he brings the other foot and he then stands on water. Amen, There's a plot to be excited. Yes, 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 <laughs> he's excited he's excited standing on water looking at Jesus straight ahead of him I can see Jesus saying Peter come Peter then takes the first step and he takes the second step and he takes the third step and he's just looking at Jesus and he's like oh I can do this Yes, I can do this. I can get to Jesus. Then he takes the fourth step. But you see, in that moment, Peter was so focused on Jesus that he was not aware of his surroundings. He was not aware completely of what's happening and what he's doing. And it was irrelevant to him because all he had was an instruction from Jesus saying, Come. And he's focusing on his master. But the problem came when Peter had a look at his surroundings. And all of a sudden, it was like, oops, guys, I don't think I can do this anymore. And he started sinking. We know the story, right? Amen. And Peter didn't get to Jesus. But then you read the rest of the story and you see how Jesus comes and he takes Peter out of the water. And he walks him back to the boat. Now, I want to make a point tonight because this is a story that for me, it changed my life. For me, it, it really encouraged me and drove me to saying, hey, given, the focus needs to be on Jesus. And I think that's the idea we get every time when we read this passage in the Bible to say, listen, for as long as your eyes are focused on Jesus, we know it. But here's the honest truth, is that when we read that scripture, we often don't think about the moment when, Je- when Peter is standing in the boat thinking about, okay, I need to do this. Because the honest truth is that we all were at a place where Peter was when Jesus said, come and we stood there contemplating. We stood there thinking about, is it feasible to do what Jesus is calling me to do? Is it, is it re- reality? Is it something that I can do? Amen? We've all been at that place. We've all been at a place where we weren't too sure. And this evening, I want to demonstrate something. Let if you can just bring the rest of the props. and let's just sh- make a point tonight. And as they're standing in the boat, and perhaps you can't read it from farther back, but our camera crew promised that they'll be able to assist us. You're standing in the boat, and Jesus says, come. And all of a sudden, fear hits you. All of a sudden, there's that thing in you that says, listen, you can't do this. Listen, what, 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 what's happening here, it's not normal. What's happening here is not real. Listen, what's happening here, you're setting yourself up for failure. Don't listen to the call of Jesus. It's not going to work out. The fear in us that then produces anxiety, that produces the worry that says, listen, what if it doesn't work out? What if I don't get there? What if I drown and I die? What if? And we begin to worry and we begin to get, to become anxious. I hope you're still with me. And then pride comes in and says, listen, buddy, you're going to make a fool of yourself. If you follow that guy, if you walk on the water now and you are not able to go to him and you start drowning, you are going to make a fool of yourself. You're going to be a laughing stock. You see these guys in the boat? They're going to be laughing at you. And pride begins to puff itself up and you begin to think, my goodness, nah, I'm not going to make a fool of myself. I'd rather stay here in the boat. Jesus, won't you come to me? Jesus, won't you be the one that comes to me? And I think many times we find ourselves in that places where we're too scared to go to Jesus. Jesus where anxiety and pride comes in, sneaks in, convinces us that, listen, perhaps maybe following Jesus is not the best thing ever. Still with me? Amen, Amen. church is pretty quiet tonight. If you guys can quickly come stand here. And as pride starts to speak, doubt starts to creep in as well. And you begin to feel like, nah, maybe I I can't do this. I won't be able to do this. It takes everything in us. To be saved takes faith. Because we need to believe We need to believe in the unseen. But here's the thing that I want to, a point that I want to make. I think as Peter's standing in the boat, he then realizes that sharks. I'd rather go after Jesus and fail than not go after him after, uh, at, at all. And that's where we see Peter silencing all the voices in his head the internal conflict and the internal dialogue that's trying to convince him, that, that's saying, listen, you can't do it, listen, this is not natural, This is and he's silencing all these voices. And Peter gets out of the boat, and as he gets out of the boat, he's focusing on Jesus. But as he focuses on Jesus, he then becomes aware of his surroundings. He becomes aware of his surroundings, and at the first glance, what he sees. And I'm bringing it back to us that sometimes as we, as we get out of our boat you say, listen, I'm ready to follow Jesus. I'm coming out of my boat. I'm coming out of my comfort. I'm taking down my fear. I'm leaving my anxiety. I am leaving doubt. I am following Jesus. And we come out of the boat. And as we stand on the water, then the first thing that we hit is tribulation. The first thing you hit is attacks, onslaught. The first thing that you hate is just things that hurt us, things that that really, really make us hopeless, depressed, defeated. Attack after attack after attack, attack on yourself. Maybe let's name some some attacks, then you you get sick to the point where you need to trust Jesus. Finances, then you get attacked in your finances and, and you're walking in lag and you feel like, oh my goodness, what's happening here? You get attacked in your relationships, you get attacked in all of these things, and these things begin to weigh you down and you feel like, oh my goodness, because of what's happening here, I cannot get to Jesus. Jesus, I'm stopping right here. I can't get to you, it's too much. That's what happens when we get out of the boat and we're excited and we're ready and we come to church every Sunday and we worship and we lift our hands and then all of a sudden you go home, you get into a car accident or something happens that makes you believe less and you begin to ask yourself, does Jesus even see me? Does Jesus even care about me? He called me, He made the invitation, He said, come and I'm coming and the first thing I hit is tribulation. As Peter gets out of the boat, all the external forces that he is aware of, over and above tribulation, all the attacks and all the onslaught that comes, you can imagine how then he bumps into. I mean, and I think let's 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 it's it's very metaphoric tonight. And I'm saying that as you take your first step to following Christ, sometimes you will hit tribulations. In fact, the Bible says in the book of James, it says, "Consider it pure joy, brethren." When you face trials of many kinds. And sometimes in your walk with Christ, as Peter was aware of the waves and is aware of everything in the ocean and the loss of nature, sometimes in Christ we bump into relationships that blur and hinder us from pursuing Jesus even further. Family that says you think you're better. Because you have Jesus. You think you're better because you're Christian. Culture that tries to dictate to us, that says, listen, if you don't worship your ancestors, if you don't do this, if you don't do that, and I sit with many young people, and they're saying, listen, at home, they say, I need to do one, two, three, four, but I want to follow Jesus. Marriages where spouses don't believe in the Lord, and they are really making it difficult for you to continue on your pursuit for Jesus. Well, I'm not married but I've been around a while to know that it happens where people backslide because of their spouse, where people lose hope in Jesus because of a failing marriage, because of a marriage that does not bring them joy anymore relationships with friends, social pressures that force us to do things that we shouldn't be doing, things that we know is contrary to who we are as children of God, social pressures that make us go on a limb to impress people and forget about following Jesus. Work environments where Your boss is so terrible, the environment is so toxic. Sometimes you even think they don't need Jesus, they need God himself. That was supposed to be a joke. But Some people are stuck in work environments where the environment itself is so toxic. People feel like, you know what, how do I even, how do I even continue to pursue Jesus? when all I'm exposed to is this toxic environment. And you see, as soon as Peter became aware of the surroundings and the waves and everything around him and lost his focus on Jesus, the more he started to drown. And I'm saying tonight that from the time when we were in the boat, And we're still making a decision to say, listen, Jesus is making an invitation saying, come, come, come. And we're still in a boat and we're still in our old ways and and fear has a grip of us, anxiety and and all of these things, shame and guilt, unforgiveness and all of these things that has a hold on us, that hinders us from going to Christ. The moment we, we, we start cleaning that out and we start stepping out of the boat and we start experiencing the tribulations and all of these external forces that try to weigh us down, that try to blind us, that try to hinder us from pursuing and continuing to focus on Jesus. The moment we we, we we lose focus on Jesus, that's the moment when we will begin to sink. But you see, this story, I believe that it is saying to us that listen, for as long as our eyes are focused on Jesus, for as long as our eyes are focused on the One, we will never sink. The problems will not go away. The relationship things won't go away. The tribulation won't go away. But Here's the thing, for as long as you are focused on Jesus, you will not drown. You will not drown. Here's the thing, in the week I, I was spending time in prayer and I was, I was just preparing for, this, for tonight and I was like, Lord, speak to me. And there's one sentence that God said to me that really till today, it, it still wrecks my life. Because then Jesus says to me, they say, you know what? The illusion that we live under as children of God and as believers is that we think that Jesus is part of our story. And Jesus saying, no, I'm not part of your story. Listen, given you are part of my story. Listen, I am the author and I am the finisher of your faith you're not part of my story. You're too small. You're frail. You're fragile. You cannot. I cannot be part of your story. But listen, here's the great news. You are part of a story. A story that does not end when you die. A story that is eternal. A story that will live forever and ever and ever. And He's saying, for as long as you don't focus on your shortcomings, as long as you don't focus on your surroundings and you keep your eyes focused on me, listen, I'm not saying, Jesus is not saying these things will be taken away. He's saying, yes, there will be tribulation. Yes, there will be trouble. Yes, there will be all of these things. But for as long as your eyes are fixed on the one who is writing the story, you will be okay. You will not drown. It wrecked my life. And I preach so much tonight with, with so much excitement in my heart. Because I see how many times, even in my own life, I focused on my shortcomings. said, given you're going to be doing this, I'm like, yeah, but me, Lord, I don't know. I don't think I can do it. Given, I want you to go this, this, this. But Jesus, Send Pastor Eric, he's seasoned. He's, he's well-oiled. He's mature. He says, no, but I want you. No, try your heart, Lord. Maybe not me. And I realized that given, it's not about how good you are or how you, you fall short or what you face, or where you're from, or who says what. It's about keeping your eyes on the author, the one who writes the story. I want to change the narrative tonight. Thank you so much guys, you guys must be tired right now. Can we give them a round of applause? I want to change the narrative tonight. I was singing that song one time, it says God of my present, God of my future, you hold it all together, which is an amazing song. And I constantly think that Jesus, what's next in my story? Where to from here? And constantly, the Lord keeps saying to me, given, it's not your story. Your life is not your own. Your life is not yours. My life is not mine. I lost it when I said, Jesus, I will follow you. I lost it when I said, Jesus, I surrender to you I give myself away so you you can use me in your story you can use me in your story that's perfect Asha think about it many times We struggle to put our faith first. We struggle to prioritize our walk with the Lord. We struggle to prioritize our relationship with God because we're so fixated on the shortcomings and the surroundings and the tribulations and the tests and the circumstances we live in. We're so focused on who says what. Pastor Eric put it so amazingly this morning, he says, listen, if you're still thinking about what people think you're religious, because it's not about what they think. It's not about what people say, family, friends, boss, whoever. They're not writing the story. They're not writing the story. And as I read Scripture, I see more and more the sovereignty of God. I see more and more how indeed he is writing the story. And I've changed my mindset. And I've said to myself, and I've said to the Lord, Lord, how do I fit in in your story? And you see, when God created you and me, when God made us, Bible says He has a plan and a purpose. So imagine it, imagine a movie, your favorite movie. Somebody had to sit down, think about things, think about characters, link the characters, get the antagonist and the other guy, I forgot my English terms, And he was sitting there and writing and saying this is how the story ends. And as the actors go throughout the story acting, the writer already knows how the story ends. And this morning, this evening, I'm saying as long as we focus on the author, the one who is writing the story, the one who is in the end, from the beginning. The one who is the first and the last, the alpha and the omega, the one who has went ahead of us. For as long as our eyes are fixed on him, we will not drown. You and I. You and I, we were made to live in victory. You and I, we were made to live as more than conquerors. You and I were not made to worry, to walk in fear, to be anxious. As a matter of fact, it's written all over Scripture. As you read the New Testament, you see how Jesus continues to says, Do not be afraid. Do not worry about tomorrow. Do not worry about what you will eat while you will weigh. He says, Do not be anxious for anything, but in everything come to the one. The one who is writing the story and power tonight, I want to encourage you. For as long as our eyes are fixed on Jesus, just Jesus, you will walk on what others sink in. I wanna repeat that. For as long as we are focused on Jesus, we will walk what others sink in. It was not natural for Peter to walk on the water but it was natural that the one who made the water is the one who told him to come. You see when Jesus said come even the waters were obedient to the Word of God. The waters prepared themselves for Peter to come and walk when Jesus says said it is finished I promise you every single thing that hits you in life that's about to hit you that's planning to hit you is obedient to those words it is finished we need not worry anymore we need not be scared anymore and as I come in for a landing I want to say this it. I am finished. <laughs> it is finished. One thing is required of us. Is that we will surrender our lives completely to Jesus. Keep our eyes focused on Him. I tried to imagine it and it's a little bit funny, but I'm trying to imagine how Peter was hit by the waves and as the waters were hitting him, he was just wiping his face and just like trying to look at Jesus and sometimes that's how we live. Sometimes we, we're just trying. But I wanna say to you tonight, It's not by might, it's not by power. Sin is defeated, fear is defeated, anxiety is defeated, worry, depression. Think about it, all of it. Jesus took it to the cross, it's defeated anything and everything that we will face but we should never be dismayed discouraged and lose focus because of these things our focus our eyes should always be fixed on the author and the finisher of our faith Let's bow our heads tonight. I started off by asking this question, and I said, To what extent are you willing to follow Jesus? And I want to encourage you. The only right answer has to be. To the extent that He requires us, not according to ourselves, not according to what we see, not according to what we feel, not according to our circumstances, not according to to the things that come against us, the attacks. If you think back, the disciples, were truly persecuted being beaten beheaded and all of that i can imagine paul we're making a joke with with, with pastor Derek, and we're saying imagine paul after being beaten and after being bitten by a viper and all of that and he still stood up and continued to follow jesus and preach the gospel So to what extent are you willing to follow Jesus? I hope tonight that you will make the decision in your heart to say to the extent that He requires me, to the extent that He calls me to, I will not gauge it by my own accord. I will just trust Him, fix my eyes on Him every step of the way, when it's easy, when it's difficult. When it's hard, tough, when things are going well, when things are not going well. And as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I'm reminded of this song that says, Blessed be your name. And the lyrics of that song says that, Blessed be your name, when the sun is shining down on me, and the world is all as it should be. Blessed be your name. And the writer of that song continues to say, but Lord, blessed be your name. Even when I'm on the road that's marked with suffering and this pain and this trauma, brokenness, depression, sickness, still I will say, Lord, blessed be your name. Still I will fix my eyes on you regardless of what I'm going through. And tonight, I want to close off by saying, let's refocus on Jesus. as we come into a landing for 2022 and we've had a roller coaster year some of us and we're prepping ourselves for 2023 let's refocus put our faith first put jesus first focus on him and watch how you will walk on what others sink in. Won't you take just ten seconds where you are and won't you make that decision in your heart and say, Lord, I focus on you. I see the attacks, I see my circumstances, I see my shortcomings, I see my mistakes, I see all of it, you're not oblivious of it, but I choose to focus on you. I see my work situation, I see my situation at home, the troubles with my children. I see the trouble in my marriage. I see the trouble in my health. I see it. But I choose to focus on you. Just take 10 more seconds. It's a personal choice. We can lay hands on you, we can pray with you, but you need to make that decision. Just as Peter did and got out of the boat and as though, even though he failed, here's the thing, Jesus is faithful to come and take you out of the waters help you. Maybe you're in places where you feel like you've disappointed God. It's okay. Let's come back. Maybe you're in a place where there's so much trauma and there's so many things that happened in your life that it became so hard to focus. tonight make a decision to focus on him again I just want to give us ten seconds and I just want us to pray for two groups of people tonight but I believe before we move on this is a personal time often this time of the year we see how people park their relationship with the Lord at the back and it becomes all about the gifts and all about family and that is all awesome things. But it's meaningless if our eyes are not on the author. If you're online, won't you take a moment where you are? Just take a moment say, Jesus, I focus on you. I fix my eyes, I fix my eyes on you. Where does your help come from? It comes from the one above. Let's fix our eyes on him. Just five more seconds. Don't want to rush you tonight, because the honest truth is with all. Come and we've all accepted the Lord, but there's areas in our lives that has stolen, stolen, that has stolen our attention. Let's fix our eyes again. Just ten more seconds. I've been saying ten seconds, but I feel this is important. I feel this is important. Uh-huh. Oh. On you, Jesus. I'm sorry we fix our eyes on you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, Lord, I believe that I'm praying on behalf of every person here tonight every person joining us on the line online even those who might be watching later say Lord we come to a place where we surrender our story for your story we let go of the self and we fix our eyes on you Father all the shortcomings things we may face every single thing they might not go away but they will not hinder us from focusing on you We make that decision tonight, Lord, to focus on you. If you're here tonight and you're saying, no, Pastor Given, um, I'm at a place where there's so much that has happened in my life. And the honest truth is that has been a hindrance in my life to continuously focus on Jesus and surrender myself fully to the Lord maybe there's trauma in your life that has brought in a little bit of doubt if you're here tonight and you're saying I just need healing for my heart I want to let go, I want to focus on Jesus, I don't want to carry these baggages anymore, if that's you tonight, won't you make your way to the front, I'd love to pray with you, I'd love to pray with you seconds if you know that there's hectic things that happen in your life grief things that happened that scarred you and you really didn't heal I'd love to pray with you I'd love to pray with you tonight. I'm going to give it just a few more seconds. If that's you online, won't you just have a, a hand raised emoji? We're going to pray with you in a moment. Amen. Second group of people, That I want to pray for, that I like to pray with. If you feel that you are in a wilderness season in your life, and you feel as if everything is dry, you're not bearing fruit, you, you you're not feeling and sensing the presence of God in your life, and you just literally. Just going day by day. Just hoping that perhaps maybe today will be a better day. Today will be a better day. And you've been crying out to the Lord, so Lord, I'm tired of the wilderness. If you're saying, I'm ready for a new season, I'd love to pray with you.